Welcome to episode number 75 of Quality Christian Living. I am your host, David Friend. We are in a series dealing with our faith. This series is entitled, Faith to Receive. And today's particular session will be entitled, A Measure of Faith. I believe the Lord has plans to bless this message. So let's just pray and ask His wisdom and guidance. Father, I thank you once again for the opportunity to speak your word, Father, and to be able to speak to people literally all over the world. What a blessing it has been every week to hear so many tuning in to these podcasts. And I pray that you would anoint them and bless them. I pray that those that are listening in, Father, would receive a blessing today and grow in their faith. So I give you praise for what's going to take place in Jesus' name. Amen. Our last podcast had to do with receiving faith from our past experiences. So very briefly, what I was saying in that last session was living in past failures can bring death. However, growing from our past brings new life. Don't do the poor decisions again. The mistakes we've made, we need to avoid them, run from them, stay away from them, and God will bless us. We also talked about let the Lord create new things in your decision making. He wants to bring life into old thinking. So with that, we're going to move into today's topic, dealing with the measure of faith. The Bible tells us that we are all given a measure of faith. We find that teaching in Romans chapter 12 and verse number Two, number three, what it says is don't copy behaviors of others. And it says here that are customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. That kind of sounds like the lesson that we had previously to this. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. And in another place, Isaiah said this. Now, Paul's talking to the Romans. Verse 3 says, Because of the privilege and authority God has given me, I give each of you this warning. Don't think you are better than you really are. Be honest in your evaluation of yourselves, measuring yourselves by the faith God has given you. That's where we get the phrase, a measure of faith. You see, Paul is telling us that God looks at each one of us individually and he loves us all the same. But what he's saying here is that we should measure ourselves in how God looks at us, not in what we think of ourselves. And we must be thankful for the measure of faith that we've received from God. It's a gift, and I believe that God gave that gift equally to us. But then a lot of people think, well, he's got greater faith than I have. Well, that's something that we learn through the Word of God and trust through the leading of the Holy Spirit. So through this series of messages, my goal is to help each and every one of us develop our faith, increase our faith, and understand what God's Word has to say and how the Holy Spirit directs us in getting greater faith to receive those things that we ask for. In Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1, it says, Faith is the confidence that what we hope for will actually happen. You know, people read that all the time. They look at that scripture and they think, well, that's cool. But what it's saying is that we truly expect it to happen. Sometimes people will come up to, to pray and they'll say, Pastor, can I pray for you? I'd like to pray for your family or for your health or whatever it might be. And I always like to ask them, well, do you believe that your prayers will be answered? And sometimes, many times, I'll say, well, I hope so. I'm, I'm not sure, but I hope so. Sometimes I have to give them a little mini lesson that says you must actually believe what you're asking for, that you'll receive it. Otherwise, I believe sometimes it's almost a waste of time and a waste of a little tiny piece of your faith if you pray asking, wondering if it's ever going to happen. Let's just believe that it will. I just read a scripture that says faith is the confidence that what we hope for will actually happen. So as you ask, believe you're going to receive it. 
Once again, I'm going to make that statement I do in all these sessions, and that is this. When we pray, we should always call forth those things that are not as though they are. If someone is sick, we call forth healing. If someone is financially broke, we call forth financial blessing. If someone is away from God, we call forth salvation. And then we see those things happening. We see healing. We see a financial blessing. And we see a person grow in their walk with God. In that verse I gave you, Hebrews 11.1, 1, there's a little bit more to the end of that verse I want to give you. It says, after it says faith is a confidence that what we hope for will actually happen. It says this, it gives us assurance about things we cannot see. That's amazing. You know, we can't see God physically. We can't see the Holy Spirit physically, but we have faith to believe. When you receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, what you have is a the faith to receive, to believe, to accept, to receive it and see your life changed. And the reason that happens is because of your faith and because the Holy Spirit comes to you and draws you in and your faith then just explodes. If we could just maintain that same kind of faith through our walk with God, we would do great. If we would have the kind of faith that a little child has, because many times you see a little child and they've got a little problem and you tell them, can I pray for you? And they say, oh yes, yes, yes. Let me pray, daddy. Let me pray. And they might say, Jesus, heal my cut, heal my hurt. And they believe it. They have incredible faith to it. The reason they have this kind of faith to believe is because they haven't been taught or haven't had a chance to receive doubt and questions in their mind yet. So we need to pray as a little child sometimes, but we need to believe in faith and believe that those things that we ask for, even though they're not today, that they will come to pass. Faith is such an interesting word because you can take it very literally. For example, I'm sitting in a chair right now. I have faith to sit in that chair. And when I get up, I have faith to believe that I'm going to be able to walk and put one foot in front of the other one. When I walk on a bridge, I have faith to believe it's going to hold me up. When I fly on an airplane, I have faith to believe that it's going to take me from where I want to go to the point that I'm going in and bring me back and keep me safe. You know, we have a tendency though to take for granted all those things, these acts of faith. We just take them for granted, yet they are acts of faith and they are placed in our hands by God. And so it's as simple as that to receive faith. Man built the chair, the bridge, and the airplane. And so therefore, sometimes man wants to get credit for it. But I think we should always give God credit for our faith. He's the one that gives out faith. He's the one that gave us that measure of faith. And so therefore, always place our trust and our confidence and our hope in God to carry out something. Even though man made the bridge, the airplane, and the chair, God gave him the wisdom to be able to do those things. And so my faith is in God's wisdom passing on to man to be able to protect me and help me and help me to have that measure of faith. Let's take it another step up now. Think of having faith to believe that everything in your life can come from nothing that you're seeing today. If your bank account is empty right now, then have the faith to believe that someday there will be ample funds in there. There'll be an abundance for every good work. That's God's promise in his word. Now that type of faith requires a faith in our omnipotent, all-powerful God. You see, I don't have faith in the bank or in my investments doing something. My faith comes from God who gives me the wisdom to make good decisions and therefore my faith rests in Him and His abilities and not my abilities or not man's abilities. Sometimes when people become wealthy, and I've seen it happen so many times, they want God to bless them, they want to be helped, and they go around saying things like, well, I pray that God will do this and God will do that. Then all of a sudden they get blessed and all of a sudden they've got abundant finances. Then they start thinking, well, they did it or they did it themselves. It reminds me of the old joke for the guy who was driving around the streets of New York 
and he was looking for a parking space and he said, God, I need a parking space. Oh, I need a parking space. Lord, help me find a parking space. And he drove around, he drove around. Then all of a sudden he found a parking space. And then he said, oh, don't worry about it, God. I found one myself. You see, we ask God for something through faith, but then we receive it sometimes based upon our own work. And when we do that, we limit our ability to have faith at another level. This leads, I believe, to a understanding of our faith in relationship to God's ability and his faithfulness and not our ability and our many times lack of faithfulness. Let's take another step in the direction of greater faith. We must believe that God is faithful. Now, can we learn to put our faith in God for the very difficult issues in life? Because we have to. When I was diagnosed with incurable cancer five and a half years ago, and the doctor looked at me and he said, well, if I can't get these treatments to work, if they don't take effect in your body, you probably only have six months to live because there's no cure for this cancer that you've been diagnosed with. It didn't take two seconds. I put my head down for just a second. I looked right back up to him and I said, so let me get this straight, doctor. You are trying to scare me with heaven. And he looked at me in shock and he said, wow, I get a lot of reactions, but I don't think I've had that one. And he said, you must really believe that. And I said, yeah, before this is all done and before God heals me. See, I was calling forth those things that were not as though they were. And I said, so when I'm healed and I'm walking in strength and this thing is gone and I'm cured, I said, you will then receive the understanding that God has done it and that God deserves all the glory. Now let's move on to another topic and that's finances. Can we learn to put our faith in God for difficulties in our financial situation, in financial setbacks, our relationship failures, or even other health failures or conditions. Do we have faith in God who can bring life from death, basically from nothing? That's the kind of faith that he wants us to have and the kind of faith that we can have because that is the faith that he has promised us in his word. So let me ask you this. Do you believe that God keeps his promises? Now there's people who keep their promises based on their ability and their will to do it. Behind all promises is the character of the person who made the promise. Listen to that. Behind all promises is the character of the person who made the promise. We know God's character. We all want his will for us, and we want his character to reign supreme in our life. And yes, we can trust God. And yes, God does keep his promises. Now, we all have at least some faith in God's ability, at least some. Allow that faith to grow in your heart. You know, even though we're limited, God is not. We serve an omnipresent, omniscient God who has all power, all strength, all ability, all knowledge for everything. Now allow that faith to grow. Let that faith and trust in God grow in you. Because if we believe that God created the universe and everything in it, today we must have faith to trust God for his faithfulness, his promises, and his unlimited ability. Now, if we can get to the point where we truly trust God and have faith in his ability, there'll be an increase in our faith. This could be the very first step that we take after salvation, which is a great step of faith. After salvation, we can then start believing in God's ability and not our ability, or in God's ability and not the doctor's or the medicine's ability. You see, because even though the doctor's great and the medicines can be just fine, but they there's no comparison to them and the ability that God has. So when we take that next step of faith, there's a step of growth in our faith when we truly believe in God's ability to meet whatever need that we have. You see, faith sees the problem in reference to the source of the problem. And faith sees the answer in the source 
of the promise and the promiser. You see, because God promises us things and he is faithful to deliver those promises and it should build our faith every time we see that happen in our life or in the lives of other people. You see, as we face our trials, we must remind ourselves of God's faithfulness. Now, if God created us and created this universe, does he not also have the ability to bring it back to life? God is able to bring everything from nothing. The other day I was at the doctor's office and he was talking about this new medication, how wonderful it was, and all these new breakthroughs they're getting in the oncology department, which is the cancer department. And he said, we are getting so many wonderful medications and things, and it's just amazing. And I looked at him and I said, could I just ask you a question? Is there anything in all of your medication that you found somewhere else than here on earth? And he said, well, no. I said, so then every cure that you're finding and every medicine that you make whether they're good ones or bad ones, whether they're effective or not, every little thing that's in those pills or in those shots or in these treatments that we get, all those chemicals and all those parts and all those pieces were actually created by God. So then that medication is really a creation from God that man is just now waking up to realize that God put those things here on earth so that we could use them to medicate ourselves and to find healing for our bodies. He looked at me and he said, well, I've never thought of it that way. That's not how science looks at it. And I said, well, no, science always turns their back on God and the creator. They like his creation, but they don't like the creator. So God, being the creator, created everything that ever has or ever will live on this earth. And so kind of a nice thing to tell your doctor and tell those people who don't believe in healing or they give all credit for any kind of healing to a doctor or to medication. So anyways, you might want to ponder that a little bit, meditate on that, and think about what I just said, because everything on this earth was created by God. Let me move on to a kind of a different way of analyzing faith and thinking about where faith comes from. Now, my wife Sharon is a very talented artist. Her paintings have won awards and have hung in several galleries in Arizona. As a painter, she starts with a blank canvas, and soon the canvas begins to take shape and color. She starts with nothing and must have faith to see it become something. You ever think about that? You ever wanted to be a painter? Maybe that's a dream that you should ask God to bring to life in you. But you know, she wanted to be a painter and so now she is one because she's had the faith to step out. She's asked God to give her the strength to do it and give her the talent to do it. And so now she's become a very talented artist. But she starts with nothing. She's got a blank canvas. There's really nothing on there. Now, as she applies her faith to the blank surface by putting various colors together, the Lord rewards her with something that will bless her and the eventual owner of her work. Listen to that. Faith plays a vital part in the end product. That's in every aspect of our life. Faith plays a vital part, a supreme part, the only part in the end product. It kind of reminds me of faith in seeing everything we need coming from nothing. Now, let's move on a little bit more into this. This could be a great time for for all of us to think about our future as a canvas waiting to be rebirthed or a blank canvas that God wants to speak into and use and he wants to bring to fruition those things in your life, those dreams that you desire, that health that you want to have, that good marriage that you want to have, that, that wayward child to come back to the Lord. And whatever you want out of life, just look at it as a blank canvas that God has a work on it and let him do the work on there as our faith in him produces results on that canvas. Think of what you would like to see come alive on the canvas of your life. Think about that. 
Start to believe that God's promise to Abraham of bringing life to something is your promise. See, that's another step of faith. Believing that, well, it happened for them. I I hope it happened for me. One of the things people have a problem with, praying for themselves. Many times they have faith to pray for other people and they want to pray for others and they'll go up and they'll lay their hand on that person and maybe on their forehead and pray for God to touch them and heal them or just extend their hand to them or just stand by them and speak into their life and into their heart and and just speak those words of faith. And they enjoy that and they feel that's really strong. But all of a sudden you have to look at yourself and you get a pain and we should have the same faith that we're praying for others that we should have for ourselves. If I get a pain in my back or neck or knee or leg or something, I just put my hand on it and say, Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for healing and for strength and for your touch in my life. And I believe in faith, God, that you're going to heal my body. And and nine out of 10 times, it, it's gone. It's gone within a very short period of time. Not that I have great healing power in my prayers, but because I believe a God who cares for me and that God wants to take care of me. And he wants me to even pray for myself. There's nothing wrong with that at all. We should start to believe that God's promise to Abraham, remember, I just said this, it's so important, I want to repeat it. Start to believe that God's promise to Abraham of bringing life to something is your promise. So we should, another step of faith, start calling forth those things that don't exist as though they are. Once again, here we are. You've always wanted to have maybe your kitchen remodeled and You should probably get pictures of that kitchen that you want and cut that picture out of a magazine and put it in a book somewhere or whatever and say, God, I'd sure love to have this someday and start seeing your kitchen turning into that. Or you could start saying, I don't have strength in my legs like I should have. So then you should start seeing yourself as having strength. You should look at videos on how to improve your leg strength and to do exercises and do what you can and to eat right and do those things that'll help your body and believe and see yourself walking strong again. We should start calling forth all those things that in the past we thought we'd given up on, but God can bring them back to life. God created you with a purpose, and he has a plan for your life, for my life and for your life. Now, regardless of our circumstances, and I mean that, regardless of our circumstances, and let me digress a second. When I was in the middle of fighting cancer, incurable, no cure for it whatsoever, and possibly only six months to live, I had to forget my circumstances. I had to say to myself, Lord, I'm not going to pay any attention to these circumstances because I'm going to call forth healing into my body and I see myself walking and being strong and being cured and being healed and this doctor is going to see it and you're going to get the glory and my family will see it and you're going to get the glory and I'll announce it to my church that I've been healed and you'll get the glory and that's the way you approach it and we've got to learn how to rise above our circumstances. So regardless of our circumstances, that purpose that God had for your life is still alive. You see, just because I was diagnosed with cancer didn't mean that God's purpose for my life all of a sudden changed and was over. God still had a plan for me. I didn't know that God would eventually, after I stepped down from the church and then was diagnosed six months later with this cancer condition, that I would immediately start writing books. So every year since then, I've written a new book. And if you're interested in any of those, and I hate to digress a little bit, but if you're interested in any of that, you can turn to my webpage, davidcfriendauthor.com, and you can see the books that came forth during my time of recovery while I was being diagnosed and treated and having a, a battle with this incurable cancer in my bone marrow. The Lord inspired me to start writing. And I started thinking of Paul when he wrote so much of the New Testament. He was in jail during a lot of that time. And so in the middle of my circumstances, God said, get your eyes off of that and I'll give you books to write. 
And then right after that, and I was cured, and now they can't find any sign of any cancer whatsoever. The Lord's now showed me, well, then keep writing, but now you need to start doing podcasts and start preaching and start giving people training and show them how to get themselves out of debt and show them how to have financial success and show them to how to increase their faith and how to see miracles take place in their life and explain to them what generosity is all about. All that thing is happening in the midst of circumstances. So regardless, let me repeat that, regardless of your circumstances, that purpose that God has for your life is still alive. So we need to start to have faith to see it resurrected in our life. That purpose that you think maybe is gone or is dead or doesn't exist anymore, we need to have faith to believe that God can resurrect that. If God was able to resurrect Jesus from the dead, then he certainly is able to resurrect a dream of yours, a past dream of yours, or resurrect the purpose that you were created for. Now, in order to catch the idea that everything in our life comes from nothing, we must believe that God is our source in everything. Here's another step of faith for you, an increase in your faith. Why don't we learn to smile in the midst of trials and challenges? Why don't we just kind of look at it this way? If we could smile at our circumstances, whether they're good or they're bad, because we have faith to see a good ending, we're already halfway to the promise that God has us, has for us, to live a great life, to live a wonderful quality Christian life, to live a life with abundance. You see, circumstances rob us so much of our faith. And we need to look circumstances in the faith and just simply say, I don't believe in you. I believe in God. I don't believe in my circumstances. I trust God with all my heart. God promised me health, promised me strength, promised me a good life. Now you might say, well, pastor, then how come everybody doesn't just get healed every time they have a problem? Well, there's some people who've had physical problems and because of their physical problems, they become great witnesses of God's power and strength. I think of a man named David Reaver, who is a veteran who served in the Vietnam War when I did, and he was nearly killed out in battle. And he was, uh, this grenade blew up and his body literally caught on fire. And of course, he had many surgeries since. He's had so many things to be treated for, and he still walks around with some of these, many of these scars and these disabilities he had. But when he came back in the middle of his circumstances, he realized that what he needs to do is start a ministry to help other veterans. And so for the last 50 years or so, he's been ministering to other people. In the last 20 or 25 years, he's had this wonderful new ministry that he has to reach out to veterans who come back from the military, their military service or combat duty, and they've lost an arm or a leg or whatever it might be. They've been dismembered and he then gives them help and training and strength. And so in the middle of his circumstances that he still goes through the battles that he's had, he gives strength and hope to others. Yes, why was David allowed to have that grenade go off and why did he catch on fire? He was a believer. It's because God had a greater plan and David didn't turn away from that plan. David embraced what happened. Didn't like it, didn't want it, but he said, God, I'm going to trust you and God, I'm going to do something for other people. And he's got a great ministry to this day because of that. So many people focus on doubting that something good can happen out of a bad situation, but I have seen just the opposite happen. I believe that my faith in God and my trust in God has increased in the middle of this battle that I've had with bone marrow cancer. Now today, five and a half years after the treatment, I'm healthy, I'm strong, I'm cured. They can't find a single cancer cell in my body. And they're basically saying it's been a miracle. One doctor literally looked at me and said, 
All I can describe is this as being a miracle. He said, this shouldn't have happened the way it's happened. It's happened so fast, so quickly. And I said, well, then we'll just give God the glory. I thank the Lord for the doctor and I thank for the medication. But most of all, I thank God for being with me in the middle of my circumstances because I'm going to continue to call forth those things that are not as though that they are. You know, our life is filled with opportunities to believe for good results. Think about that. There are many, many times that we have a challenge and we need our faith to arise. Quite frankly, that's just an opportunity to exercise our faith and to see our faith grow. You see, God's faithfulness compels us to trust in Him. He is faithful to create something from nothing. Believing that God brings life from nothing requires us to have an attitude of thanksgiving. I like to thank God in advance for what's going to take place. Many times when I pray, I say, Father, thank you for what you're going to do in my life. Thank you for what you've done, but thank you, Lord, for what you're going to do. And thank you, Lord, for who you are. We need to be thankful in order to see our faith grow. Thanking God in advance of something actually happening is a requirement to believe this way, to believe that things will come from nothing. Now, we have been trained all of our lives to think, don't count your chickens before they're hatched. But God's Word tells us to call forth those things that don't exist as though they do. So I'm going to believe that. I'm not going to think about don't count your chickens before they're hatched. I'm going to think the other way and I'm going to think, God, thank you for what you're going to do. Thank you, God, for the promises that you've given me. Thank you, Lord, for the healing that you provided for me. Thank you, Lord, for your Word, God, that helps me have faith. And I thank you in advance, God, for great results. I thank you through my challenges, through my circumstances, and I know, God, that all things work together for good for those who love the Lord and are called according to his purpose, Father. And I believe your purpose in our life is for us to live an abundant life, to walk in health and strength and peace, Father. So I believe that and I claim it and I thank you for God. And I thank you, God, for the promises you've given in this lesson, in this teaching on faith, And I pray it'll break forth in the lives of those who are tuning in today. And Father, I just pray now, blessing upon all those who've heard this lesson. And I pray, Father, that they'll make it come to life in their life, God. That they'll start thinking about things that are not and think that, yes, they can be and, yes, that they are. And I pray, God, they'll start believing that regardless of their circumstances, God, that they can grow in their faith and grow in their strength in you, God. I believe for that and I believe you're blessing them and going to bless them. And I pray, Father, as we go on in this teaching, that you'd help me, Lord, to bring great news and great direction, Father God, on how to increase our faith in order to receive. I give you praise for it in advance and I call it forth, Father. I call it forth and I believe it now. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. I want to thank you for tuning in to this podcast today and we will continue these teachings on faith to receive. And I believe, Lord, that you're going to bless it and you're going to anoint it. And if anybody's here is interested in subscribing to my podcast, you can do that on cpnshows.com or wherever you listen to your podcast. If you'd like to get additional teachings on this topic, then you can go to my webpage, which is davidcfriendauthor.com. And there you'll be able to see books that I've written on the subject of faith. And the premise of this entire teaching, this series I'm going through, is based upon a book I've written entitled, Receive Everything from What We Call Nothing. And I believe that they'll be blessed by that. And if you get onto my webpage, you'll also notice there are other books written on various subjects because this podcast has to do with a quality Christian life. And we will be having numerous subjects over the years and topics I believe that'll bless you and strengthen you with your walk with God. So you can 
Look through my webpage and you'll see books I've written, one entitled Generosity, What's in it for me, and it teaches on how to be a generous person and how generosity will affect our life and affect the lives of others. And it's not just dealing with finances, it has to do with generosity with our talents and our abilities. In addition to that, I've written a book on finance, on how to experience the joy of debt-free living. So if you'd like to get out of debt, there's a book there I think that'll help you with instruction and training on how to take steps to improve your financial position in your marriage. Or if you're single, it'll help you and plan for your future. In addition to that, I've written a couple books on Vietnam. One dealing with my experiences before, during, and after Vietnam. And also another one dealing with Vietnam and the impact of Agent Orange and PTSD. So I hope that those will bless you and help you. So as we continue in this series on faith, I believe God's got great plans for our future. He's going to increase my faith. He's going to increase your faith. And we're going to see great and mighty things take place in our lives. So with that, I'd like to remind you to let your friends and family members know that we're having this podcast each week and we'll be focusing in the area of faith for quite a while upcoming. My next session will be entitled, Faith Has Opportunities to Grow. Just think about that. When a trial happens in your life, that's an opportunity for your faith to grow. You see, our life is filled with opportunities to believe for good results, great results, results for things that are going to come to pass in our life. So I'd like to sign off by telling you, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you. May he be gracious to you and give you peace. May you prosper and be in good health, even as your soul prospers. So until next time, may God richly bless you.